One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, exciting day here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. It's the mailbag that you guys have waited for. All questions answered 100% correctly or your money back. Hello. But we'll get to those in just a minute. First, I want to start with some uh, some news. I, this is not unexpected because this is the time of year where teams can bring in to what up to thirty players outside of their of their um, state region um, to do interviews with, right? And so the guy making the tour, and I believe as we do this podcast season, I want to say New Orleans either yesterday or today, is Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, and he is going to visit the Bucks, I believe. Uh, sometime next week. This is an interesting cat, I think, for any team. And, call me crazy, I think it would be a great idea for the Bucks to take a flyer on this guy. And it's not really much of a flyer if you think about it. Now, he's coming off a torn ACL, and that's going to be a problem, right? You're not going to you're not going to expect to play him as a rookie next year. But that's fine, because look at the Bucks' quarterback situation, right? You've got Baker Mayfield for one season. This is his fourth team in a calendar year, right, since last July. And so you really don't know what or how Baker Mayfield's going to perform. But even if he does, let's say he hits it out of the park, he's a free agent, okay? So you're going to commit millions and millions of dollars to Baker Mayfield in the long term, $300 million or something like that, $100 million, whatever it is. Um, that's a decision you'd have to make next um, free agency period. But the odds are that he's going to knock it out of the park, probably not that high, okay, just based on the way the last couple of years have gone. Not saying he – I think he's going to be fine for this team, and, and but we don't know how the year is going to go in terms of the offensive line, are the receivers going to hold up. Like it's more than just the quarterback, okay? But here's the bigger thing. You're sitting here with Kyle Trask, who's been here for two seasons. You say you're going to give him a chance to win the starting job. If he doesn't beat out Baker Mayfield, what is he? You've had him in the building three seasons – He's never advanced beyond, like, say, number two. At that point, at least for your organization, you don't look at him as a starting quarterback anymore, in my opinion. If he doesn't win the job over Baker Mayfield, having been here two years, new offense or not, then you're moving on from Kyle Trask in terms of thinking about him as a starter, okay? So who's in the pipeline? Who do you have? What would be better than getting a young quarterback like a Hendon Hooker, who before the ACL injury was – and we talked. You talked about this, Steve. Before we went on, he'd have been at that Heisman Trophy presentation. He might have won the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking what he did and beating teams like Alabama and others. Uh, yeah. You know, Tennessee only fell apart at the end because he wasn't the quarterback anymore. Correct. Um, Correct. You know what, what? You said the stats. He had, what in two years? What fifty-eight touchdowns? Two and five years. Picks? Fifty-eight touchdowns in five. Five interceptions. Let me tell you, folks. You know that offense. You know that. That head coach that came from UCF, they threw the ball a lot at Tennessee. They threw it a lot, okay? To get 58 touchdowns and five touchdowns or five interceptions over the last two years, he threw 48-3, and three, I think, uh, or something like that last season. But 58-5, and five, that ratio is, is incredible. And he was throwing the ball down the field. He's a vertical passer, but very accurate. And you're right. That game, the, the Alabama-Tennessee game was the best game in college football last year, in my opinion. It was crazy, you know, uh, the shootout that between him and Young, and, and he matched them, you know, throw for throw, and then some. 
uh, and they upset Alabama that day. And I'm telling you, it's unfortunate that he did get the injury because he he would have been on that po or on that you know at and in New York at the at the touchdown club up for the Heisman and may have may have well won it really may have well won it so you know what he is now here's the thing he's not a young player he spent a number of years at Virginia Tech um, and this is the thing Joey Knight had a chance to talk to uh, Alex Golish about him and who's a USF coach and of course was was at Tennessee as their offensive coordinator. Golish couldn't say enough good things about the kid. Um, you know, he came when he came in there in the transfer portal, he didn't win the starting job. But he led, he said, from you know, from behind. He was a leader in the background, he said. And he said, and when he got his opportunity, he said, Man, he just knocked it out. And people would be like, Well, is he just a product of the offense? And he's like, I don't know, but he was the best player in college football last year. So he says, I'm sure the offense helped him, but he certainly helped the offense. And he's gone through a lot. He's coming off the ACL. And he says, you know, it's funny to watch. And when these mock drafts started, they're like, yeah, maybe maybe Hooker gets, gets you know, taken somewhere in the second round, third round, something like that. Somebody takes a, you know, flyer. And it's like now all of a sudden people are like, geez, could this guy be the best quarterback in the draft? Now he can't work out. You know, he's not doing all those things. But the more they watch the tape, and then they interview him. And apparently he's extremely impressive from an interview standpoint. Um, very smart, you know, and look, again, this is a guy that had him every day. Golish thinks that he's going to be a starter in the NFL. Um, but the biggest thing that he has going for him, and and this, you know, you think back about when the Bucks took a quarterback in the first round in Jameis Winston. What was the knock on Jameis Winston among many coming out of Florida State? He didn't take care of the football, Right. I mean, didn't we know that when he when they drafted him? Wasn't that his problem at Florida State? Yeah. I mean, you know, he won a national title, but he did turn the ball over a lot there. He turned it over, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember him three interceptions in the first half against Louisville. Yeah, he came back and threw three touchdowns in the second half, but he turned the ball over, particularly after he had won a national championship his, his last year there. So with Hooker, you don't have that, and he threw it a lot, and he's a mature guy. Here's what I like is that he's played a lot of football. You know, he's older than a bunch of starting quarterbacks in the league, right? He's older than Jalen Hurts, right? He's older than a lot of these guys. Um, you might say, well, that's not necessarily a positive, but maturity in this league matters, right? Look at the kid at, at with the Jets, right? Well, I mean, you know, you, you, the immaturity will kill you. So, and he's taking the hard road, and this is a hard road because he's he's coming off an ACL, and he's still got more rehab to do, and he and he's not going to play right away. But he had that situation when he transferred from Virginia Tech to Tennessee. So, you know, now the the downside of of doing this, if say he were there at nineteen, I don't know if he's going to last that long. Quite frankly, would be well, you really didn't help your football team this year. You know, is Todd Bowles, who's fighting for his coaching life, is he going to take a step back and say, yeah, this is best for the organization, but I need an offensive tackle. And I can't win unless we start filling these holes on my team, and quarterback's not one of them. I can win with what I have. I can win with Trask, or I can win with Baker Mayfield. Hennon Hooker's not going to help me keep my job. That's going to be the discussion. You know, you have to have a GM – 
who's strong enough to look out for the future of the team and think that, you know what, I I don't know what we're going to have in Baker Mayfield. I feel confident that he's going to make it, but then I'd still have to re-sign him as a free agent. Or I really like Kyle Trask. I think he's going to make it. But if you're wrong on those two guys, you're starting over at quarterback next year no matter what. And you're probably going to win too many games to be you know, a, a top-five pick, right, regardless of who's playing this year. I don't think the division's that good. The under-over is six-and-a-half. I think if you win seven, eight games – you know you're picking you're picking closer to twenty than you are to to five, so you're you're right back in the free agent market again. You know you're you can't count on getting you know one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. So why not? You know if Hooker's coming out next year, right, and he were healthy and he hadn't torn his ACL, he, he'd be in the top five anyway. Um, his eligibility's up, but my point is. You got a chance to get a talent that's a Heisman talent, right? You just you just signed Baker Mayfield to win a Heisman. This guy could have won it if he'd have stayed healthy. And you know the guys that he went up against could be the number one pick in the draft, and he beat them, right? Mm-hmm. At Alabama, he beat he beat them. So i I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, I really I, I don't think you could you could kick the crap out of Jason Light if he decided, you know what? We're going to get a quarterback, and if the worst thing that happens is he hangs around for a couple years, and at some point Mayfield or Trask move on, you know we've we've got a we've got a first round talent. I mean, isn't that kind of what I mean? Jalen Hurts wasn't hurt, right? But when he went to Philadelphia, it wasn't as the starting quarterback. They still had Carson Wentz. Do you think that was a good move for the Philadelphia? Tom Wright was a good move for the Philadelphia Eagles. And and one of the things that impressed you about Jalen Hurts was his leadership, right? It's more than just that. That position is more than just throwing the football. And Hooker has that. So I think it's intriguing. And that's for that reason they're going to bring him in, you know. Now you got to do your due diligence regardless because you never know who's going to fall to you and who's going to be, you know, the best best option. But I'm I'm starting to think that, like, whoever takes this kid is going to be happy in a couple years. You know, mm-hmm. so should the Bucks do it? Would they do it knowing that Todd Bowles has to win right away? So the question is, who's making the pick, Todd Bowles or Jason Light? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> there you go. Because if Todd, like Bo- to if, say if Todd Bowles thinks he's fighting for his job, then taking a quarterback for two, three, or even just next year isn't what he's looking for in the first round. Mm-mm. He's looking Mm-mm. for an impact player. That's if right. Jason Light or the owners are making the pick – and they think Hendon Hooker is a top five, top ten pick, and you're picking 19, and you can get yep. a quarterback that you feel as, view as a top ten quarterback. Right. That's probably the move you should make as an organization. I agree with you. And here's the thing. So you say to yourself, okay, so if Hooker, with all his ability, were in the draft next year, is he a top five quarterback? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? So even if you can't play him this year – or you're not counting on playing them this year. You certainly can't count on being in the top five as a as an organization a year from now. So you could get your top five quarterback now, let them get healthy, let them develop for a year, and you and you don't have to worry about where you finish in the draft. You know, go out, try to win games, and and you know if the worst that happens is Baker Mayfield kills it, right? Then now you've got two really good quarterbacks, or if Trask kills it, or whatever. I mean, that's draft capital. Right, like mm-hmm. 
or, or you could just, you know, it's, it's, you could get a guy hurt. I mean, quarterbacks get hurt in this league, you know. There's not many Tom Brady's out there. We're not going to see that next year. You're going to see one of these quarterbacks is going to go down, most likely, history tells us. They will both play. Um, there's been very few years, except the Brady years, where the quarterback started every single game uh, since I've covered this team. So you're going to need that position. And and, and that's, that, that's the whole game, right, in the NFL, really any level, but that's the whole game in the NFL. The teams that have a chance have that guy, period, right? And even better, if they have the guy under a rookie deal for five years, then you can use all that salary cap money and go out and build a great team around them. And that's what they could do with a young quarterback. You know, Trask is going, this is his third season, you know? Um, he's not a first-round pick. He's got one more year as a rookie quarterback. And then you got to decide, are we extending this guy? Are we going to spend a lot of money on him? What are we doing? So you'd have Hooker in control if you took him in the first round for potentially five years under rookie deals, which is nothing compared to what it used to. This isn't Sam Bradford getting $60 million guaranteed when he came out. So I kind of like that. I'm, you know, I'm selling myself a little bit on this. but And then you say, well, yeah, but you're going to get all these other quarterbacks killed because you don't have an offensive line. Uh, I don't know. You know, what's what if the worst thing you did, and I, they're going to take offensive linemen somewhere in this draft. It might be the second round, it might be the first round. But if, if 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 you did this quarterback thing, um, you could still get an offensive lineman in the second round. But what if the worst thing was Tristan Wirfs moves to left tackle, and you play Luke Gedeke at right tackle, which is that's what he is. He's a he's a tackle. He's a right tackle. So he played at central, and when they played him for a game against Atlanta, when it didn't matter in the final regular season game, you know what? He looked okay. He looked like he belonged there because he does. He's not an in, he's not a very good inside player. Um, so if that's the worst thing, you know, that you didn't draft the right tackle because I mean, you draft the right tackle and he, he might struggle his rookie season or, or every season. You don't know the, the bust rate for all positions is pretty high. It's very high for quarterbacks, but it's pretty high for everybody. So. You still have solutions, you know, and for, and another round of free agency, and you could take another, you know, to get tackled with the second pick, um, or a guard or whatever you need. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I, it'll be. I haven't had a chance to talk to any of the Bucks about their interviews so far with Hooker, but um, I would take Golish's recommendation. I would, you know, he's been around a kid the longest around here, and and um, sure, he's he's probably you know probably a little bit biased, but he's seen how he works and he knows him. And um, so interesting story. Check it out. Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. Should be up there soon if it's not already. All right. We've got your mailbag questions coming up here in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you guys how to save some money on your electric bill. Listen to me now. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems in the area for now 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there. But you want to go with May Electric Solar because they are committed to you for the long term, right? They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's right there what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, and you know who is going to do the job. Those are all Billy Mays guys up there. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 
2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve those appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, we got some time for some mailbag questions, Steve. Let's get started. Well, let's stay on the draft here. And Ellis had uh, tweeted us. He says, if Jalen Carter falls out of the top 10, as crazy as that sounds, would the Buccaneers be willing to trade up to get him? If they're not, something's wrong with them. And I and I listen. I I haven't gone into the the legality of his situation. Um, and if you're not familiar with J- Jalen Carter from Georgia, apparently um, he was driving a car that was drag racing, racing when there was um, that terrible accident that that claimed the life of several uh, one player and, and and another young lady at the University of Georgia shortly after they had won the national championship. We don't know what his legal situation is. That's something that all teams are looking into right now. Um, he seems to think that it's not going to be a problem. It could be a problem. But here's the thing. He, he's an immense talent. Uh, he can't have that night back. I'm sure he would love to. It, it was an awful tragedy. And and somehow he played maybe a role in that. And the law will, will determine what that is. But at some point, He's going to be he's going to be a football player, and a lot of it would be have to do with the interviews. It'd have to do with what the coaches say about him at the University of Georgia. You know, the mistake he made, he can't get back. But he he was you know a twenty something year old young man, and he's an immense talent. And I guess the cautionary tale, if you're, and he has said he's not even talking to teams outside the top ten. Now that tells me that he's got a guarantee from one of those teams that you're not getting past us. And Daniel Jeremiah was on the other day on uh, the Pat McAfee show, and he made a good point. He said, well, look, Philadelphia picks 10th. Philadelphia is pass rush obsessed. Somebody has told him in the top 10, he goes, and I would guess it'd be the Eagles that don't worry. You don't have to talk to anybody else because if you get to 10, we're taking you. This reminds me in a totally different sense, and it's hard to make this comparison because what happened – with Carter, uh, you know, resulted in loss of life, and it's terrible. And I'm not saying he's responsible per se, um, but that incident, you know, you can't get back. But it reminds me in terms of, like, a player of that talent potentially falling is Warren Sapp. You know, Warren Sapp was by far the number one talent in the NFL draft back in 95. Um, There was no question about that. And then prior to the draft – the news came out that he had flunked a drug test at the NFL Combine. But then even worse than that, and I think it was Chris Mortensen, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think I am, there was some sort of, somebody intimated that maybe it was more than just marijuana, right? And I don't know that they reported it specifically like, oh, it was this or that, but like there was this sort of, oh, it wasn't just that he smoked weed and flunked the chest, but it might he might have a bigger problem. Warren Sapp will stand on a stack, stack of Bibles and tell you that he never did anything uh, from a drug standpoint other than smoke weed. Um, but that said, he started to fall. And he's the, by far was the number one talent in that draft. And as he started to fall, the Bucks were at six. And I thought, oh, they're take, they, you know, this this will be interesting. They traded down. They traded down, picked up an extra pick, and this is significant. I think they got a second rounder, um, and they moved all the way to 11. Well, right above them was the Minnesota Vikings at 10, I want to say. And 
So Rosenhaus is SAP's agent, and they're showing him, and Rosenhaus is on the phone. He's going nuts with, you know, just can't believe that SAP's fallen. SAP is crestfallen vis- visibly. He's crushed because he can't believe he's by far the number one pick in the draft. And as he fell, the Minnesota Vikings picked right ahead of the Bucks, And I was certain that they were going to take him because I knew that Dungy liked him, and Dungy had just been in Minnesota, and so he knew that the Vikings liked him. But – that offseason, there was a bunch of incidents, mostly DUIs, with the Vikings, right? A bunch of players had been arrested during the offseason, and so they really were kind of in a PR crush with respect to character and Denny Green's team, okay? So from a PR standpoint, they couldn't then take Warren Sapp or felt as an organization that that wouldn't be the right thing to do. So they took another player, and there was Warren Sapp waiting for the Bucks and it, it, it should have he should have never gotten to them, but we know the rest of the story. First ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, by the way, the extra pick that the Bucks picked up by moving down from like six to eleven or whatever it was, um, they then used that pick to move back into the first round. And guess who they took? Derek Brooks. <laughs> Pretty good draft in '95 for the Bucks. Two first ballot Hall of Famers. It's gonna be one of the most draft. successful drafts ever. It has to be. It, it absolutely has to be, certainly in this franchise history, but maybe any history. You because, traded down and then back mm-hmm. up to get two Hall of Famers in the first round. <laughs> That's it, man. The value of those picks. And then they structured the the contract in that, um, you know, Sap more or less had to, you know, do the right things to, to mm-hmm. keep getting paid each year, um, however that was. But, yeah, it was uh, it was wild. All right, David tweeted us. He says, is Kyle Trask not getting enough credit for his ceiling? It seems like few think he is the next Drew Brees, but few thought Drew would be the next Brees. Um, I don't know how you give him credit for his ceiling because I think you're more worried about his floor. You know what I mean? Uh, how high is his ceiling? Uh, Hard to say. He hadn't played. I mean, I think if the Bucks saw that he had a very high ceiling and they've had him for two years in this system. Now, they're changing systems, obviously. But by now, with all the work he's done, and I'm not saying they don't like him because they're going to give him a chance to start, but if they thought his ceiling was that high... I don't know that they're signing Baker Mayfield. I think they just said, we have our quarterback. Now, you need more than one, obviously, so you can argue, well, it's smart to, you know, to get another veteran in here because he hasn't played. I don't know what the floor is for Kyle. Like, I I don't think the ceilings, you know, you're right. People didn't know exactly what Drew Brees was, but Drew Brees, it's a pretty good comparison except he was a smallish quarterback he, he threw for a lot of yards, obviously, uh, at Purdue. And then he played pretty well. He probably had a better college career. I mean, he started for a lot longer. A lot longer. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He accomplished more mm-hmm. than Kyle. Um, Kyle's always been that late bloomer, always been that guy that didn't get the job right away, didn't, didn't start in high school, didn't start at Florida, um, didn't start in the NFL. And, and, you know, this is why they drafted him. The bet was, well – He's used to taking the long road. He's a worker. 
Um, maybe maybe he can make himself into an NFL player in a couple of years, and then we'll have something. I I don't know. Look, if he goes out and plays and plays great, we'll all know it pretty soon. You know, like, but to me, I I don't pick that. I don't get that vibe. Like, I here's what you hear when you you hear them talk about Kyle Trask. Really works hard, mentally tough. Boy, he didn't back off one bit because he didn't even get a helmet on Sunday except twice in his entire first two seasons in the NFL. Never even got to dress, but twice. Only played in one game, mop-up duty against Atlanta, final regular season game. Sat behind Brady, played the third quarterback role, wasn't even the backup, right? Had, had to play scout squad. Didn't even get to run the offense in practice for the most part. Didn't get any reps. Still worked his butt off. Got better every day. Proved his feet. Did all the like. They love how hard he works, and this has always been his path: the slow and steady wins the race. But they see him every day. You know, it just seems to me like if you thought he was your quarterback of the future, you'd be like, "Yep, up well, Brady's gone. We got our quarterback. We're good. We got Kyle Trask. We can't wait to see. wait till you see this guy play." That's not the vibe you get from them. So ceiling, um, I don't know. I think a lot of things have to go right around Kyle Trask for Kyle Trask to be successful in the NFL. Doesn't have the strongest arm. Um, been in a number of systems, you know, learning a new one under Dave Canales. Going to have to run the ball. Going to need good talent. He had great talent. He had first-round talent around him at Florida, you know. Now, did he compete? Yeah. Did he match Mac Jones throw for throw? Well, what is Mac Jones right now in the NFL with a stronger arm than Kyle Trask? So, I ceiling, I'm more worried about the floor. Like, what if he, you know, this is a guy who doesn't have a high completion percentage when you watch him, right? Like, just throwing the ball. Like, and they call it, you know, me to you, the me to you factor. He'll miss guys. Like you watch him in practice and the guy's out open in the flat and he's he'll dirt the ball. Like you just don't just to me, and this is what I'll be looking for in training camp, is like how many passes does he complete? What percentage is he getting the ball to guys? Are guys catching it in the right spots? Are they able, are they able to run with it? Is he getting is he not just is he throwing it to the right guy, but is he throwing it accurately? You know, is he completing passes? You have to complete a lot of passes in the NFL. And the windows are tight. And I haven't seen that, but then it could be because, you know, you're not throwing to Mike Evans a lot or you're not throwing to Chris Godwin a lot or you're not throwing to Russell Gage. That's going to be the difference. Like, what is he like when he has those guys around him? And it's kind of hard to know, but I would think the Bucks would know. They drilled him every day. He's out there every day with, with Blaine Gabbard. He's out there every day with Tom Brady. He's out there every day with Ryan Griffin. They have to know some things. Um He's getting to get his chance, and he deserves it because he's earned it. But they're couching their bets heavily with Baker Mayfield, and you and I have talked about this. I don't know how Kyle Trask wins this job. I don't know how he wins it because Baker Mayfield has far more experience. You know, he's thrown for 16,000 yards and 100 touchdowns in this league, right? And he has an upside. You want to talk about a ceiling? He has a ceiling. He has a stronger arm. He's got pedigrees, a first-round overall pick. There's a lot of things going against Kyle Trask right now. So does he get enough credit for his ceiling? I don't know. I don't know that anybody thinks his ceiling is very high. I think they're more worried about what is the floor. You know? Can, is he going to play well enough to win football games? 
because this is not a great football team. I mean, they they can play some defense, but they got holes. They can't rush the passer. They didn't get turnovers. They didn't play well on third down. Like, he's going to have to put up points, and they didn't do that last year with Tom Brady. Is he going to be able to do it? It, it? These are all things we don't know. So I don't know how you give him credit for being the third quarterback the last two years. You know, he's going to earn his credit. Um, so, no, I, I think he's getting what he deserves, which is nobody knows what he is, but he's going to get his chance because he was drafted for this reason and he was picked fairly high in the second round and um, not high in the second round. He was the last pick of the second round, but he was, you know, they took him in the second round for a reason and now he's going to get a shot. So I know there's a lot of Florida fans. It's really interesting because there's a lot of Florida fans that were kind of like, well, why did they take Mayfield? I thought they – is Trask not even going to get a shot? No, he'll get his shot. They owe him that. I think I think he's earned that. He definitely has earned that, and he will get it. And maybe he'll surprise people. Maybe he maybe he is Drew Brees. You know who's to say? But we'll know shortly because you know they have to win games. And and believe me, if Kyle Trask is the guy that's going to give him the best chance to win, Todd Bowles will play him. If he's not, he's going to play the other guy. And that's kind of that's that's just the professional football. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, Boog uh, tweeted us. He says, what former first-round pick has the most upside, Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield? As they say here today, I guess. I, I guess. I know what I my mean, answer coming out, coming out, you might have said Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. right? Might have. Um, won a national championship, bigger guy, you know, fairly strong arm, mm-hmm. looked the part charisma, you know, all of that, right? Had it all. Right now, Baker Mayfield's a starter in this league. Yep. He's a starting quarterback. Jameis Winston is now what Jameis Winston is. The old Bill Parcells line that I quote all the time, I don't have to tell you what you are in this league. The league will tell you who you are. If you stick around long enough, that'll tell you who you are. You know who Jameis Winston is? A backup quarterback. You know who Baker Mayfield is? A starting quarterback. Now, if he loses the job, Baker Mayfield could be number two. And and he at one point got hurt a year ago in Carolina, and when he got healthy, they went to somebody else. There was other reasons for that. They they switched coaches and et cetera. But Baker Mayfield has always been a starter in this league. Jameis hasn't been a starter for a while, right? He got his shot a year ago, or I guess it was two years ago, and the Bucks, uh, you know, he tore his ACL. Um, last year he got replaced by Andy Dalton. Now he was beat up. He had the back injury and certain things, but when he got healthy, allegedly, and you know, he said they took his soul because he didn't think he could lose his job because of injury. They stuck with Andy Dalton the rest of the year and they missed the playoffs by one game, one game. So definitely, I think at this point, you know, Baker Mayfield can say until he gets beat out, I'm a starting quarterback in this league. And Jameis is not. Jameis has accepted that he is a number two. 
if he had a better opportunity, if he had a place even as good as the Bucks to come and compete for a starting job, he'd be there because he wants to play, right? And the irony is, is that he went back to New Orleans and they took him back, but they just signed Derek Carr to not only an enormous contract, but Derek Carr doesn't miss games. Derek Carr is one of the most durable quarterbacks in the NFL. So if you're going to back somebody up, don't back up Cal Ripken. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, go somewhere where you got a guy who either has an injury history or he's kind of wobbly or what. Derek Carr's played good football for a lot of years. Now, he had a crappy organization. He had a lot of head coaches, a lot of offensive players around him. I think Derek Carr's a good player. He's definitely a starter in this league. Jameis Winston's not. Baker Mayfield, still a starter. Until he gets beat out. He's still he's still a starting quarterback, and that's how they look at him. I think that's how the league looks at him. I don't know how many more places Baker could have gone, though. Like this is like his last best chance, right? Because the other place he probably would have gone is Baltimore, and Baltimore was looking at him as a backup to Lamar Jackson, and they didn't know it, it would have been a good a good couch for them because they know the situation they're in with Lamar might not might not play for them, um, and Todd Munkin who had. Baker in Cleveland loves him and really wanted, you know, the Ravens to sign him. And and so if his choices, let's say, were between the Ravens and here, well, it's not a secret why Baker chose the Buccaneers. He has a chance to start from day one. So starting quarterback on the hand of Baker, absolute settled for a backup job for Jameis Winston. All right, we'll end on this today, and we'll do more mailbag questions tomorrow. But Greg sure. had tweeted us. He says, with Tom Brady gone, the Bucks will most likely not be the media darlings they've been. How many primetime games do you think they'll get this season? That's a great question. Um, I'm anticipating gleefully a lot of 1 o'clock Sunday games because <laughs> from my business standpoint, it gets me home and on a deadline. So you're not like that, right? Alex Golish who said noon games suck. No. No. <laughs> Noon would be awesome. Yeah, if we can move up even an hour. That'd be super. I never want a team that I cover to play on prime time. Now, listen, it, it's it's nice to cover teams that are relevant because then people, you know, when they read your stories. Again, I've always, you know, I've said this many times. I don't root for teams. I root for stories. And Tom Brady was a good story for three years. Period. Right. But what came with that was five, and sometimes with flexing six national TV games at night, which I'm here to tell you in my business sucks. So. Um, they'll get a Thursday night game. There's now fl- going to be, I think, they haven't approved it yet, but there's going to be flex Thursday night games weeks 13 through 18. Mm, right now it's it not is. happening this year, but. Probably not this year. No, the Giants I don't think owner, it's, Mara, pretty, was pretty adamant against kill it. it and it's, I don't know if it's dead for this year, but it's unlikely for this year. I think it's coming, yeah. but maybe not this year. Yeah. Um, there might be. Early in the season, if they were going to do it, I think you'd do it early. There might be some interest in, say, New Orleans at Tampa or Tampa at New Orleans, right? One of these NFC South games with Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield, right? Early in the year before either team is knocked out of it. Maybe that's a Monday night game, right? I think Sunday night gets better games for whatever reason, and they get to flex them. Maybe you'll have a Monday night. I would I would put the over under at two and I would take the under. That's what I believe. I think they're going to get a Thursday night game. I I'm not sure they're going to get any more. You know, there could be that time in December where the colleges are done, where they're a Saturday game. You know, but mm-hmm. that's usually a TBA weekend. Yep. 
and they wait and see who's relevant, who's in the mix, and that kind of thing. But going into it, when they announce the national TV games, I don't expect them to have more than two, and I think it's probably more likely one. There's just no, there's no momentum here to think. You could say, well, they're two-time defending champions. Baker's kind of interesting. There's still some pieces on this team. The South isn't really that good. Maybe they could win. They won eight games with Tom Brady. Okay, they were eight and ten with Tom Brady. So you really, I mean, what are you selling? Mike Evans in his tenth year, Devin White, a defense that was kind of leaky, an offense that can't run the ball. You know, new coordinator. And I'm not saying, look, they they could wind up winning ten, eleven, twelve games. I don't know. That's why you play the year. But going into it, if I'm a network guy. What am I selling for Tampa Bay? What's attracting viewers to Tampa Bay without Tom Brady? Not much. Not much. Same thing, you know, it would be like Carolina with Baker Mayfield as Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield. How many national TV games did Carolina have? I don't know the answer. I should, but I, I don't think it was many. So, yeah, I would say two at the most, and if I were putting that number under over at two, I would take the under. Good questions, though. Really good questions today. We got more. We'll get to more of those later in the week um tomorrow we're near the end of the week already it's thursday that's right it's thursday we're getting into we're getting into the weekend so lightning uh they'll continue on they're almost ready for the postseason i can't believe it's yeah they got a back-to-back so they're at the islanders tonight yeah staying new york new york York, right Mm -hmm. yep and the rays have an off day before oakland comes to town this weekend yeah and uh again no apologies for the soft schedule to start the season the rays will just be the rays and Try to uh, try to beat up on some teams while they can, but uh, they're off to a great start, obviously. So, lots to talk about uh, on the podcast tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody.